1: It's suggested that brands avoid using sound effects in podcast ads.
0: And remember to speak in a chill tone.
1: Well, here's a suggestion for everyday life. Tap into the Weather Channel app. It's loaded with insights that help you manage your allergies, breathe easy, and... Use your outside voice! What in the weather are you waiting for? Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app.
0: This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers.
1: Welcome to my travel podcast, Life's a Beach. Every week I invite a special guest to take us on a journey together to their favourite holiday destinations and to reveal their top travel tips and tales. Sadie Frost's brilliant new documentary, Quant, celebrating the life of fashion designer and pioneer Dame Mary Quant, is out in cinemas from Friday 29th of October. I absolutely loved it, from the soundtrack to the amazing archive footage. And the director, Sadie Frost, is flying Alan Air now. Hello, Sadie. Final boarding call... For Sadie Frost and her dog Cherry. Sadie Frost, Cherry. Sadie, this is your Sadie Frost. The Cherry, Cherry. Sadie Frost's on board. Hello, Sadie. Hiya. Now, why do you like travel? What do you do when you travel? Do you travel to relax? Do you travel for a bit of culture? Is it to unwind? Tell me everything.
2: So I think for me I like to kind of go somewhere where um I can just check in with sounds really enough actually, check in with myself. So I started going to India a lot because um I grew grew up in a hippie family and we used yeah. to do these weird encounter groups and it was all peace and love and we lived on a bus. And I think I'm trying to kind of refine that moment in my life when things were uncomplicated where there was no electricity and yeah. think we there's a lot of incense around and so I've like so places like India and um, Marrakesh and places like that where you feel like there's a a kind of spiritual kind of home or place are the kind of places I'm drawn to.
1: Yeah. How do you find the madness in Marrakesh? Because I know you said but. I mean, that bloody square, (laughs) that massive square, when you go in there and then you're in there five minutes and someone's Mm. put a monkey on your shoulder or an eagle on your head.
2: I don't know. I think the thing is, because I went to Marrakesh when I was, like, a child. We drove there in a a citron, you know, those those (laughs) little... No way. Me, my mum and stepdad and my two sisters, and we didn't have a back seat, we just had a little mattress. And when we got to Marrakesh, (sighs) my little sister, who's a baby, lived in a washing-up bowl because it was so hot for her. (laughs) And oh I mean, that's God. true. And I remember going to that square at 11, being 11 years old, and I looked like a little boy. I had very short cropped hair then. And people were giving us snakes and monkeys. And I think I just got used to the kind of chaos of the marketplace. And my mum used to work in the market. So I think, it, you know, of course, like there's this madness everywhere. But yeah. if you feel like inside that you feel quite at home in those places, yeah. they're actually incredibly inspiring. So going to those. That's actually when I feel the most relaxed, which is really weird, isn't it?
1: Oh, mm. that is, because it, India has a peaceful side to it, but also the craziness. I mean, you know, you will be there and an elephant will come out and then... Mm-mm. I mean, we had a lovely time with the uh, the, the golden triangle, Jaipur. And, uh, and listen, I've said this before, but, you know, me and Paul, we're not the most spiritual people, but we're at the Taj Mahal and he just said to me, do you feel this energy? And I said, I feel so calm. So relaxed. So I mean, over with all the tourists there as well. And I said, there is something here. You can see why they've built this here.
2: Exactly. It's, it's, that's what I kind of think we're all looking for, is to find an energy that we feel like we're compatible with. So mm. some people feel it on the top of a mountain. Some people feel it in a river or, or, or wherever. But yeah, it's, it's where you feel completely at home and peaceful when you're travelling. Because sometimes you're so out of sync with a place. Yeah. Like sometimes I've never wanted to go to Australia or I've never wanted... I mean, I I never thought I'd want to go to South Africa, actually, but, you know, I went there and I actually found a real, um, because I was working in an orphanage there in 2007 and I ended up going back in in northern kind of Durban, Cato Ridge. And, you know, I kind of, you do sometimes discover things unexpectedly and you think, oh, my God, I didn't think I was going to really get the culture. But, no, I, but, yeah, it's that kind of thing of just finding places where you, you discover something about yourself and you feel at peace.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've got to talk about your new documentary, Mary Quant. It's Quant, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah Quant. Quant. Now, I I didn't know anything about her, and then I went to the V and A, which I love that museum, and then I went and saw the whole exhibition and was blown away. And you realise this woman is not just a fashion designer; she's a pioneer. How did you get involved? Did you go to the V&A and see the exhibition or did you know all about her before?
2: So I knew a little bit about her. Um, I think being born in the 60s and my mum being, my mum used to make my clothes and she used to kind of aspire to people like Mary Quant and, and, and the shop Bieber and she used to dress us in purple velvet and in, in fact named my sister the name Sunshine Tara Purple Velvet. So we, it was... Kind of
1: <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Yeah,
2: and it, I think it was just kind of instilled in me that, that kind of 60s world. I think being a woman in fashion myself when I had a small fashion brand and being in film, I thought I could really merge fashion and film. And I was just so attracted to, yeah, her liberation, what she did for women, her empowerment. And um, it was the first documentary or feature length thing I've actually directed, I've produced yeah. before, but not directed. And I just threw myself at it and and had, you know, two years of... Um, you know, blood, sweat and tears, but we finished it in August and it got into the London Film Festival and now being released in a couple of weeks. So, you know, it's a bit of a shock, really.
1: And I mean... You must have had so much fun going through all the archive footage. I mean, I didn't know that the 50s had that coffee shop vibe and it was, you know, we've got boring Costa Coffee now yeah. and, Brett and all that. But back then it was a real, put the jukebox on, have a dance, have a laugh, have a giggle. It did make me feel, why can't it be a bit like that now? I know, now? I
2: know. It was like... I mean, I can, and and I mean, at least we probably experienced a little bit. And I think, you know, looking at my children, they they don't understand any of it. But when you went to a destination, like if it was um, Old Compton Street, I used to hang out at, at St. Martin's and... I didn't go to St. Martin's, but my friends went there, so I just used to hang out there and pretend I did. But we went to the Soho Brasserie, and that was, like, an amazing place. And it, you felt like you go to these places, and they were cool. Or you went down to King's Road, and I hung outside Vivian Westwood's shop. Yeah. And then there was tiny little coffee shops or Italian little places. And soon as the, the chains started coming in, yeah. you started losing, like, any kind of originality or identity of, like, family, businesses we lost so much and that and I think that's what was so I think is brilliant for Mary Quant because I mean in this documentary because you'll kind of, oh you'll see I've brought a dog on my yeah there's a dog that's,
1: that's not Sage growling <laughs> I'm not growling at you. <laughs> and and question, uh, what a stupid question <laughs> <laughs> um, can you make sure all sausage dogs are stowed under the seat thank you <laughs>
2: Yeah, the coffee shops, the, the kind of evolution of, of jazz and then, you know, how a lot of art students, they were taught by these amazing art teachers and then the art student became um, musicians like David Bowie went to art school and, you know, certain people of The Who and The Kinks, they yeah. all went to art school. Um, so I think this documentary really shows like a whole generation of, of people that, you know, are, are kind of getting older and a whole generation that, that might be lost. So it, it's great in that sense that it, it keeps everything
1: alive. And she's not just a pioneer, she actually changed... That. She, she is a pioneer, but she also changed the way people shop. So people owe her a debt as well, don't they? You know, think- just with the boutiques and everything. and the,
2: the little boutique and, you know, women before used to dress like their mothers. They didn't dress for... Young women didn't dress for themselves. And I think just lowering... You know, getting the miniskirt higher, giving people, kind of letting women feel sexy, encouraging yeah, women to feel yeah. sexy. And even the
1: mannequins were changed. For, why, why are the mannequins looking dowdy? Let's have some fun with the mannequins.
2: I know. Because imagine, you would have just been like, everything would have been gloomy. Everything would have been the same. So all of this stuff happening at the same time, whether it, it be in fashion, music, um, art, um, you know, photography, everything at the time was just like a, a huge... Um, British explosion and invasion.
1: The Kings Road isn't like it was in the 60s. Where do you go now in London? Because obviously this is a travel podcast. Where do we go to get that kind of energy that you had back then? Where do you go? Go on, give us a little insider.
2: I like to go to Crovardis on um, Dean Street, if there was anywhere in Soho, because um, the chef, Jeremy, is just fun and comes up. You know, it's it's still that kind of engagement. And he talks to you, yeah. a bit like how Groucho's was before. It's that kind of getting to know people and really yeah. knowing your customers and making it, everyone feel welcome. And I think um, Crovadis is, you know, it, it just is a quite honest and truthful and isn't a big chain. So I would go to Crovardis if, if I was in um, if I was in uh, in town. I think where I live is I'm lucky to live. I've, I was born in Primrose Hill. And I've kind of moved in and out of the area, but like what I like about it is it stayed the same. So the library's still there, the community centre's still there. Yeah. I'm just about to. Um, I do my trapeze lessons in the in the community centre, which is so much fun. Like I used to do flying trapeze, but now I'm doing the you know the one where you're. It's, it's you have to have a lot of upper body. My strength. God,
1: do you reckon you could go in Cirque du Soleil.
2: <laughs>
1: now that would, that I would my love to. my teacher
2: that. was in Circus de Soleil and you know I, I mean I hadn't done it for 15 years because I, I don't know why and I've gone back to doing it it's like starting all over again but where I live in North London you know Primrose Hill Chalk Farm they've got like it's really about community they've got a great bookstore they've got a really good cafe and there aren't chains really, so no. I'm. I'm. It does think, have a
1: villagey feel when yeah, you go there, doesn't
2: it? I think you're kind of. It's, it hasn't changed much since the 60s, and since I was, I was brought up there and born there. So, I would tell people to go and have a little look.
1: I can't believe you do trapeze.
2: I actually did flying trapeze, which is the one where you, they let go of you yeah. and you get you caught by your ankles. Okay. Who'd you do it with? So I used to do, yeah. I used to go to circus school, and now I'm actually me and my son are doing it together. And I've got a 25 year old son called Raph, and we go together, and he takes it really seriously. He's like, it's funny. He, he he's like that kind of you know that um, old Hollywood where they used to like do weird kind of gymnastic things, yeah, You know, yeah. and he's he's very good and take. And I'm quite happy that he comes because I get I get really um, tired, and I can kind of bunk <laughs> off and pretend I've hurt. Like sprained something, yeah. and I'm like, "Raf, you can do it now. You just, take, you know." <laughs> and he's, you know, sweating away, but you know, he's getting a lot out
1: of it. Can the lady swinging from the light fittings in economy please come down? Thank you. It's not a circus.
0: This episode is brought to you by Twizzlers. Long day, late night, feeling a little bored. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: So tell us somewhere, where do you go in the world for sexy time? Tell me a place you find sexy, romantic. Is it I think I'm way
0: past all that.
2: Oh, no.
1: come off it, love!
2: Come <laughs> off it. Sexy time. Okay, so I.
1: Did you jump on the Eurostar go to Paris? Do you find Italy? So I, Rome, I, liked, I like I like
2: travelling for work. I really like travelling for work. But I'm not like I hate holidays in the sense where you do nothing because I've got ADHD and I can't just sit still and do nothing and read a book and sit by pool. I hate um, sunbathing. I'm um. allergic to the sun, so I hate. I hate boats. I hate noise. I hate music. I hate. Oh
1: my god! Yeah. What the hell are you doing on this podcast? <laughs>
2: but there are other <laughs> there are other kinds of holidays you can have, and um, so I, I see like now
1: why you do trapeze, isn't it? Yeah. If you've got ADHD, that you yeah. are burning off a lot of energy.
2: Exactly. Keep those kind of things. Rock climbing. That you know all that kind of stuff. I like going on um, yoga holidays. So I would go to, there's a brilliant um, yoga um, retreat in north of Ibiza called Soul Adventures, Um, and you do kundalini yoga and cacao ceremony, ceremonies and you meet very like-minded people and it's all about being grounded and, and being real and not being kind of, you know, so that that's where I would go, Yeah. you know. I, I like the Orient Express though. If I was going to do something grand, that's, nice. that's one thing, because I like actually the, art, like travelling. I don't yeah. like the actually sometimes getting there. So like being on a train or a boat or a ferry, like this yeah. summer, me and... Me and Cherry did um, a road trip around. Yeah, Yeah, the dog, my
1: dog. Because I have to remind people as well, because I say, oh my God, I was with Bev and she jumped in the bin and ate a nappy. (laughs) And then you say, oh no, Bev's a dog, just in case I think I've got a really scummy friend who's like.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, my dog Cherry, this, so we went on a road trip together this summer. And I, in fact, I'm getting to the sexy bit now. I think Seville is very sexy. Oh, Places like that, you know, I'm not a beach person, but I like cities and, you know, things. You need the buzz need the buzz, exactly.
1: Have you ever done circus thing in other countries? Have you ever done what? Circus things. Circus please. things. Well, I
2: did the... Um, do you know the um, Brazilian um, dance troupe? Um, for Weza, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they we'll did... We'll dub that in. Yeah, we'll dub that in. <laughs> I should... I was in it. So basically, I, they were doing this amazing show at the roundhouse and I asked if I could be in it so I trained to be in it and it was like at the top of the roundhouse and you had to and I was scared of heights so I had to climb right to the top and you lie down and it's like a mermaid yeah. and the water comes and you just swim I'm going to show you a picture in a minute yeah. and you swim around and the, you're right at the top and, the, and there's this kind of perspex thing kind of tilts like to one side and all the water and you're rolling around and then everyone's standing underneath so there was like hundreds and you know maybe a thousand people standing underneath and they looking up and you're you're kind of Being a mermaid, and then the whole thing comes down until they're all kind of crouched like that, and you're banging on it. It's like a really surreal experience. Sounds
1: claustrophobic. Yeah,
2: but I mean, that was quite. um, It was there's something quite empowering about it.
1: Amazing, Miss Frost, everyone tell us somewhere you've been which you absolutely hate is
2: I went to I remember we traveled me and my kids and my ex-husband like halfway across the world to a little island in Brazil yeah. and it'd been recommended and it was like this kind of it was like an eco lodge thing which I, you know, fully support yeah, of but course. when I got there it was raining, and the whole and we had the, they were babies. Everything was leaking. There was puddles. I couldn't swi- swing oh, no. a cat in it. There was also um, the ru- there was no um, people weren't picking up the rubbish, so the whole island was just like filled with rubbish, like oh, literally. Yes, <laughs> what sank. I and there was hundreds of paparazzi on the island, and we couldn't do anything. We couldn't leave this room. It was not like we didn't e- You know, there was literally just a bit of. Where well, have they wood.
1: found you there then on an island?
2: I don't know. And then we were like, "Well, oh, God, we're stuck here." We stayed like about six hours and then had to get away but we'd gone, you know when you've travelled that yeah. far
1: and you think on an island as well and I the found you there and that was Shit.
2: yeah, really sad because the kids were little and they couldn't do anything yeah and
1: they don't understand do they
2: so I think that was the most dis- disappointing place
1: yeah. is there anywhere on your bucket list that you want to go to?
2: I've never been. Everyone talks about it, but um, going down the Nile, Egypt, and going on, yeah. you know, another boat trip. Because I, I love the fact of, you know, maybe living on a I did the the boat in Kerala, where you live on it for yeah. a few days, and they and you kind of eat curry and you, you you kind of see all the villages and the, you know, you kind of see the culture. And I think I think that would be nice to go down the
1: Nile. Yeah, that sounds nice. Paul went down the Nile and he said he never saw a pyramid. And I said, you liar. I bet you were drunk. <laughs> and then apparently there's no pyramids down by the Nile. You have to go inland. So yeah. I apologise yeah, to so him. I thought, apolog- fal- how can you go to Egypt and not see a bloody pyramid? They must be everywhere.
2: No, I mean, that's what it's. it's very... <laughs> Confusing because some people say they do see pyramids and some people don't. I just can't imagine being there and like, is there millions of tourists or is it just beautiful? I just, I've got, you know, it's a bit of a mystery.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you believe the aliens and the pyramids?
2: Uh, I, I definitely believe. I do think there's been aliens at some point, and and I do, and I think it's really odd about all these. Yeah th- these landmarks and things that've gone on that we don't really know yeah. about and and this the that kind of desert in you
1: know, <clears> the <throat> desert in Mexico where you look from the sky and you see they've done all those well, things that's I know. interesting I,
2: I kind of get a bit freaked out with all that stuff and it just it just uh I just have to kind of clock off because it's just too much for my brain to co- comprehend <laughs>
1: What are you like for holiday romances? Do you fall in love easy when you're on holiday? Maybe was there a waiter that used to wink at you and you'd be like,
2: "Oh." Ooh, well, I do. Yeah, that's I, how I, I
1: react. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so. Um, I did fall in love with a waiter and I dated oh. him for like two and a half years. So I went to That's Spain. a long
1: romance. It
2: was a quite a long romance, wasn't it? And I, I went to this place. In fact, this place should be, everyone, this is a great find. It's a place called Trasierra mm. Northern in the in the kind of national park in, um, outside Seville. And I'd gone there and I'd had insomnia and I'd, I'd had this thing in. It's called a sleep debt when you haven't slept for like a long time mm. You go somewhere or whatever happens, you you can't stop sleeping. So I was with some friends and I was like, it's staying in this amazing hotel, but I just could not stop falling asleep. And I was just like, and then I'd wake up and someone would bring me a cup of tea or a bit of cheese and I was like, eat it and then go back to sleep. And it was like the most, it was like this weird feeling. It was like being in Alice in Wonderland where you just kind of completely submerged yeah. in this kind of sleep or whatever. And then I suddenly woke up at the end, like nearly the end of the hotel uh, holiday. And I realised that my waiter was really, really handsome mm-hmm. and really nice. And we were having, and then he was serving me. And we were having dinner. Anyway, we ended up getting together, and, and it was Jackson Scott um, who I fell in love with. And we were together two and a half years. And his family are like my family. That's they're an amazing family, and they have this brilliant hotel. So, you know,
1: that's it's like Sleeping Beauty. You sleep <laughs> asleep all the time. He kisses <laughs> you, and you wake
2: up. Oh that, my God! That is exactly. It's a <laughs> It's I very, am. I never thought of it. I was definitely Sleeping Beauty and he was the prince.
1: Wake up, madam. Madam, can you wake up? You've been asleep for four days. Can you wake up, please?
2: Um, and we're still friends today and I'm still friends with his family and um, they have the most amazing... It's like if you want to go back in time, which I'm—we're well, I'm trying to find something that kind of you know go just escaping what's happened the last 20 years with technology and stuff i i go to either india where yeah. you you know you you can escape technology and, and tasiera is brilliant because it just is you know how like it's like i i went back there and it hadn't changed in 15 20 years so yeah. i'm like that i want to go there all the time now
1: it's a bit like your documentary, really, isn't it? Because um, it, it feels a time that feels like so much energy and so much bohemian. And fun. Do you, do, is there a bit of you wish you could get in a time machine and go back to the sixties and be hanging out with Twiggy and you know wearing those gorgeous dresses? And... I
2: know. I think the sixties must have been so much fun. I, I mean, I look at what my mum was doing and my dad and and, and, the, and the kind of how how many opportunities there were for young creatives, how much the, there were so many things that you could do, and the same in the eighties and the nineties. To a certain degree, and I and I feel like, you know, at the moment what's what's happened, I think there will be a, a new kind of something has to change, and you and yeah. and with youth culture, I'm sure yeah. there's lots of young people who are about to kind of explode and yeah. and really kind of shake things up, and you know, I've got an, an, my children are between nineteen and thirty. And they're all in the creative industry in some way or another. And I kind of look at what they're doing and their friends. And I just hope that they're going to, you know, they're just going to go, well, you know what? We can, we can shake it up a bit. Yeah, because there's yeah. too many corp- corporate things that have taken over everything. And yeah, it's just yeah. boring.
1: And that's happening like with Brixton, Electric Avenue. So now every time you go there, they're like, how have you knocked down that lovely old building and put a Pret? And you're like, how's that happened? Who's I know what, doing who, that?
2: Who, you know, allowed all that to happen? It's... It's, it's just so tragic that all of these things have not been preserved because we had something, and we have something so amazing. We've got to kind of hang on to um, the rest of our culture and, and, and the wonderful things that we have to offer. You know, mm. it's sad.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? I mean, how do you call in these favors? Obviously, they're friends of yours. Do they do they say yes instantly, or are you like?
2: So people don't say yes instantly to anybody. I mean, you must know that. You oh, know, people, no, nobody wants no
1: to me, <laughs> even waiters.
2: <laughs> nobody wants to do anyone a favor. But you, you know, I I kind of and I asked a lot of people, you know, if they would support the documentary. Um, you know, musicians like Pete Townsend or, or Dave Davis or whoever it, it, it may. Um, have been and Your and then sausage
1: dog's gone over there, and I'm worried about that horse statue that he's going to start mating with it.
2: <laughs> maybe it, maybe he does.
1: It, it does look like a sausage dog and with a same, with a long and hair. And they're the same size. Yeah, and the same colour.
2: She's feeling very at home here, trying to
1: even you know, oh, get you... booty with
2: a, a horse. Yeah, well, um, why not?
1: Oh my god, what's that? that Oh my god, like apocalypse now. Can you hear that, oh, everyone? Well,
2: there's literally. I mean, that, everywhere I go, something like this happened though. <laughs> Is it's an, a helicopter or is it an alien?
1: An alien, yes. It's an yes. alien. It's,
2: it's coming down a UFO to take away. Oh, my God, I hope I away. don't get
1: probed by an alien. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it went very quick. It, it,
1: <laughs> so Vivian so, Westwood, oh, she must have known, so, Quant.
2: So she kind of knew, Mary, so I kind of, um, I've worked with Vivian and I've known her because I modelled for her and stuff and I think she's brilliant and an amazing fashion designer and, and my fa- you know, one of my favourite people in fashion. So I asked her if she would do it and she said well i don't really do interviews about fashion anymore because i just don't think it's that important but if you want to come and um interview me yeah. at the prison um and 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 do the the rally with me about Julian Assange come along and it was like the windiest awfulest day and the camera had been blown everywhere and i'd been blown everywhere and my hair was everywhere <laughs> and i was going to get arrested i thought and then i was like my oh my god my hair's all over my face yeah. i said to my friend Oh let me I need a hat so they so that he was wearing an abba hat so I put on this abba hat and of course that probably really is not what Vivian Westwood would want to see someone wearing a baseball hat saying abba but I just didn't care I didn't want the hair in my face she came with a hat saying anarchy so we were like both like the kind of same and I was I was so you know I'm always so in awe of her and and so yeah. grateful that she gave me this time and then everybody hijacked the interview like all these people and I was just wish I'd had security and someone was going no no because I needed that 5 minutes and it was of like if I'll did, yeah. never get that 5 minutes with her again for this documentary but no she did she did it and it, and it kind of plays a part in the film where it shows that fashion has to have a responsibility and fashion has to change and people need you know fashion yeah. designers have to have a responsibility so that was um great doing that with her and then this, with Kate I said mm-hmm. You know, would you be part of it and talk about, you know, what you thought women were like in the '60s and yeah. supermodels? Because you obviously met Jean Shrimpton and Twiggy, and um, yeah, she she said so as well. And I think, I think I got a really nice balance of people in the documentary, mm. and and I think it kind of paints lots of different stories and pictures and kind of yeah. what was going on in the social scene.
1: And also, and it's lovely that Twiggy took Kate under her wing as well. And I was intrigued with the husband Alexander because it's weird to have a male muse. Isn't it? He was really there for it. It's normally the other way. Maybe it's me being sexist, but you never really assume mm. a male muse. He was just there for her, wasn't he? And inspired her. And... I think.
2: I think as well. What was interesting about that was like you know, in in those days, like classes and and work, you know, working class and middle class and upper class, they didn't really mingle so much. Mm. So she's a working class girl, and he's an upper class man. So she had this kind of talent and creative kind of vision, but she saw how kind of dandy the upper classes were, you know, walking around in his pyjamas, you know, clothes upside down. And she thought you could actually be quite experimental. So he was her muse because she saw that anything could go and maybe he had these, you know, elaborate curtains and she could make clothes from them. And it was just like such opposites, you know, people that had not much in common actually in the end had something in common and inspired each other. Yeah, and it, it often isn't um, that way round, but but they they really.
1: Oh, oh no! The... <laughs> if they ever do a show, celebrity dog fight.
2: Yeah, we should get these two on. Oh.
1: <laughs> stop it, Cherry. Oh look, stop being miserable. What's tuppence? your one called? Then? What's this one? Then? Tuppence. Tuppence. And I keep forgetting that Tuppence is like another name for vagina. So okay. I'll be on radio too, going, "Oh, my Tuppence was growling today," and everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh." Alan is dog-friendly. Please bring your pooch on board. It's the humans I can't stand. I know you don't like posh hotels and you'd rather be in a little, um, on a trapeze, whizzing around (laughs) a tent. tell us your most vulgar decadent hotel you've ever stayed at
2: i don't think this is vulgar but i, I think oh it doesn't have
1: to be vulgar okay. we just like we wanted a right. bit of titillation so,
2: so i got um we i went on a holiday with the late david tang so david tang with a load of um friends and we did a tour around um uh vietnam china all those kind of Asian countries, and you like, loved
1: the boats, there, Didn't you? Because you've been on Halong Bay.
2: We had exactly that. Wow. Was, that was amazing. We had the boats, we had the trains. It was like a, a whirlwind trip with about twenty people, and um, you know, we went to Angkor Wat. I remember like oversleep, like they would say, you've got to be up at seven, and you've got to do this, and oversleeping and missing mm-hmm. the this and the that. But at one point, it was a friend's birthday, and they they had a, a, a string quartet um, kind of shipped to the wall of the Great Wall of China. And they t- took all the tent and everything, and all the oh, all no. of us were on the Great Wall of China having this music and food that they brought there, and it was like a, such a surreal, beautiful moment. Yeah. And I think that's the most extravagant moment of my life. Yeah. And and you know, I mean, to but be, very eat.
1: tasteful. But that's tasteful. not vulgar at yeah, all. Yeah, no,
2: Fabulous. not not vul- not vulgar. So I you don't do vulgar telling things. I don't, darling, I don't do. think I do. I just like <laughs> kind of. Um, I like culture, you know, so, you know, Mm. I'd go to places like, as I said, Marrakesh, India, all that kind of stuff.
1: But, you know, you're saying about Halong Bay. We went, me and Paul, because we like a nice little boat trip. We went on this boat, Halong Bay, and we go on there. And I said to the man, what's for menu? And he goes, cat and dog. Of course, my heart sings. And he goes, ha ha, only joking. (laughs) I was like, don't even joke about that. And then we have a few sarkis or whatever. We get pissed. He comes out. The, uh, the Vietnamese boatman, he comes out. Oh, really? Yeah, find me boyfriend. C- can I come back with you to England to find me boyfriend?
0: Mm.
2: And all the
1: other sailors on the boat were in shock.
2: It's just like you brought that out in him. I know, yeah. I know. I turn
1: people gay. <laughs> 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 so you're a 100, so you're 100. you In yeah. sitting there rocking chair. You've got all your faculties. You've got your blanket over your knee. Little sausage dog, cherries, cherry, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, cherries still with you. Where do you want to be? What do you want to be looking out?
2: Um, I think I want to be looking in in a way. I think you know, just like
1: someone's turned your wheelchair the other way around,
2: you know, you can be if if you're like meditating, Mm -hmm. you can be you can be anywhere and feel like you're anywhere. So you could be, I can transport myself from, um, yeah, this sounds really bad, no, but like you know, if if I can't make it to India, I can kind of meditate and be in. India well, or I you
1: can, can be there love it's only You'd yeah. you say India
2: yeah India okay what but, Kerala quite like Kerala but I do like um, go northern go there's a place called um, Ashiana, which is an amazing Ayurvedic yoga retreat that I sometimes go to and that's you know it's that kind of thing when you just sit you feel really safe and you're just you know it's, yeah I think I want to end up in India
1: and do you have all the delicacies there? Do you eat street food and everything?
2: Well, I eat anything that's vegetarian. Yeah. I just, you know, so I'll have, you know, I, I, I kind India's of... India's great for food I'm, like that. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not fussy and I like, you know, those kind of restaurants that you, you know, local restaurants where you're sitting on the floor or... Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, and eat, I like it when you're kind of eating on a, off a banana leaf with your, mm. your hands or whatever. Um, and, yeah, so I love the food in India. Nice. So
1: delicious. We will soon be arriving in Kerala. If you'd please make sure your tables are up and your baggage is stowed underneath. Thank you so much. Well, we're about to land, so I'm just going to go now to our quick fire quiz. Okay, yeah. mojito or mint tea? Uh, mojito. Nudist or not on your Nelly? Do you sometimes go nudist? Never, not on your Nelly. Not never
2: skinny, dear, come on! Not really, no, I'm a prude. (laughs) You're a prude? Yeah, I don't
1: like things like that. Okay. Wi-Fi a go-go or Wi-Fi a no-no? Can you live without Wi-Fi?
2: Wi-Fi a no-no It's the way forward, I think. Yeah.
1: First aid kit or first aid shit?
2: First aid kit.
1: You always take your multi-guard and everything?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I've got, like, bags and suitcases that we buy every time and then you've got, like, a whole room full of the stuff.
1: (laughs) Beach or pool? This is quite deep, this question. You can tell a lot.
2: I think it would be a beach.
1: Beach? Yeah. You don't mind the sand getting everywhere?
2: But what about, like, a a rocky beach?
1: Oh, Brighton?
2: Yeah, no, like, I mean, all northern Beether, you have, like, these really lovely rocks and you go off those and that into deep water. That's I've cliff-dived there for a league
1: of their own. Have you ever cliff-dived?
2: Never cliff-dived, but I've jumped in off a high ladder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Scaredy cat. laughs>
1: you are not a scaredy cat You are not a scaredy cat Full English or full moon party You can have a vegetable sausage
2: Full English vegetarian
1: So you don't do any of the full moon party When you go to India Because me and Paul went to one And it was very uh, insane Yeah so
2: I think I'm a bit of both I mean I like all the kind of full moon parties But I would definitely want a, a full vegetarian breakfast as well
1: well, yeah, you'd have the party, then the yeah, breakfast. Yeah, then the breakfast. Yeah, have the have best both, of both so that, worlds. I mean, that's right.
2: what I do, yeah, exactly. Best of both worlds.
1: And then tip them or fuck them. This is at the end of the thing. You've had great service. Do you tip them? Are you a good tipper or do you think, nah, 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 never see you again, I'm off?
2: I think always tip. I so definitely think always tip. I think, um, yeah, tip them.
1: A bit of karma. A
2: bit of karma, exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, thank you so much. Thank I hope you enjoyed you. your flight, did you?
2: Cherry of a race, right, it's very
1: dog friendly, Alan Ayre. <laughs> that's, that's her. Hear <laughs> <See> that noise. <laughs> Thank you for flying, Alan Ayre. Thank you so much, Sadie. That was so much fun. If you love fashion or in fact anything to do with 60s, then this documentary is right up your street. It's called Quant and it's out tomorrow. Bom